Jurassic, what's up? You well? That was terrible. That was, we are not well. Come on, are you well? You made it to youth, come on. Uh, was it the pretzels? The, the pretzels just made everyone tired, I guess. The bread, is that something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how all that works. Gluten and stuff. I still don't know what that is. Anyway, you well? You're happy to be at youth? Come on, let's welcome all the new people one more time. Let's clap for them. We love you. We're grateful you're here tonight. Hey, I don't want to take up too much more uh, time. We have our creative director bringing the word tonight, which is very exciting. Liana's going to be preaching the word of God, and so... I'm excited for that. It's going to be awesome. And so stand your feet. Try Pizza Boys. That's you too on the couch there. They're all comfortable because they're sitting on a couch, you know. She's not here. Leah? No, she's not here tonight. She won it on the wheel, the new to youth wheel. Anyway, when she's here, she'll get the couch. Yeah, one of the things you win on the wheel is you get to sit on the couch during program. But Try Pizza won the Tribe Award tonight, so I said they could sit on it. There it is. Maybe that will be like a thing. Whoever wins the Tribe Award that night can put students on the couch. In the front? Oh, couch in the front. Okay, all right. We're on to something. We're on to something. Okay. It's an important message tonight. We got to give honor. That's what we do. We believe in honor, Noah. Because we're in the house of God. That's right, Dimitri. Well done. <laughs> Jay started this. This is Jay's fault. He got crazy, and now we're just spiraling out of control. Hey, uh, I really do believe, though, that during this time, when the word of God is preached, it can change your life. I'm not just saying that. I believe it. And I believe that this message is one of the most important, important messages you will ever listen to. You're like, oh, that's hype. No, it's not hype. I genuinely believe that this will impact every area of your life. So I want you to lean in. I want you to take notes. I want you to get this word in your spirit. Come on, so let's put your hands together. Let's clap. Let's welcome up Leona. Come on. Come on, youth. We gotta do better than that. Let's go. Let's make some noise. All right. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat. War Eagle, wow, there's a little love. Well, hey, I'm Leanna, if you didn't know. Really quick, I just want to say, I hope you know how blessed you are here at youth in this ministry. This is not run of the mill. This is not like any other youth ministry, honestly. This staff, this church, they champion you. They care about you, your eternity, your salvation, your future. Your pastor <laughs> prepares theologically strong messages for you every week. You're not getting watered down truth here. It's real truth in your context that you can carry with you for the rest of your life. The truth you learn here will carry with you for your entire adult life. So just know that you are blessed. Can we give it up for your youth pastor, Pastor Brian. Now, I really do think it's an honor to be up here. I really, I really do. And I love this series that we're in. And I hope that you do too. Um, confronting compromise. 
maybe not the most fun subject, talking about compromise. Pastor Brian's talked about we get pressures to compromise from the culture, from your own family sometimes, from your friends. But I want to give you a bit of a different angle. Is that okay? I'm going to give you a bit of a different angle, something that you can think about, a perspective for you to tackle compromise in your own life, all right? So this compromised life, a life of compromise, what does that look like as a Christian? It means that you say one thing, but you do another. You, you believe something in your heart, but you don't really like follow through with it all the time. Maybe it's kind of a double life type of thing you live. The Bible calls this being double-minded. It's a foolish life. It's an empty life. It, it's a, it's a honestly exhausting life to live a life of compromise. Now, if that is the fruit that we don't want, I wanna talk about the root, all right? Because I believe that the cause of a life of a, a compromise is a compromised view of God. I really believe that what you think about God will drive everything in your life. Every decision that you make, there's a, this quote I had back in the day, my Twitter bio in college, how about that, wow. I thought I was quite the theologian, it's A.W. Tozer, wow. Really thought a lot of myself at that time, hey, but the quote is good and I'm gonna read it to you because I think it really applies. The most important thing about you is what comes to mind when you think about God. Maybe that feels like an overstatement. Maybe you feel like that's a bit of a reach, really. It's not like how I treat people. It's not like how I act. It's not how I am in private. I would say what you believe about God drives everything in your life. Every choice that you make, every priority that you put in your life, it really does hinge on what you believe about God. And maybe you're in here and like, you don't even know how you got here. <laughs> you're like, I'm not even a Christian. <laughs> like I'm an atheist, I'm an agnostic. I don't, I don't really even believe in God. Even that belief about him drives your decisions. To live a life where you don't think you have a purpose or you don't think that there's a creator or you don't think there's a standard for life or a better way to live, like you're gonna live differently than if you do believe those things. So as a Christian, the answer to that question is actually the most important thing. Like when I think of God, do I think of Jesus? Do I think of gratefulness, of salvation? Like what am I thinking when I think of God? If we think those things, we're saved. That's salvation. To believe that he died, that he came down and he sacrificed and that he made a way for you. That's what it is to be a Christian, point blank. That's the most important thing. But Taking a step deeper as a Christian, okay, if you're a believer in this place, I really believe that it still is the most important question because what you believe about God is also gonna dictate the type of life you live, the convictions that you carry out. What you believe about God will determine if you live a life of compromise or a life of conviction. It will determine that. So I'm gonna talk real quick about the main thing that I think that we get wrong, quote unquote. The thing that we might struggle with 
And that's really believing that God is God. That might sound a little weird, <laughs> but I'm not gonna walk around and ask everybody in the room, like, what do you think about God? What's your perspective on God? Or what do you feel like about God? Because there's actually a right way to think about God. We know that because it's in scripture. God describes himself to us. He tells us what he's like. He gives us his attributes. He has names that help us understand his character. This is God and he actually describes himself in scripture. We can know him truly. We can really know him. We don't need to make up a version of him in our minds. Like we can actually know God. And so there's this mentality that tends to go around. If we don't believe that God is God, we start to treat him as common. And we talk about this at True North, the idea of dishonor, treating someone as common. When we don't believe that God is God, we start to treat him as common. If you want to initiate an eye roll for me, if you want to annoy me a little bit, just start referencing God as the big man upstairs. <laughs> the big man upstairs. Yeah, it drives me nuts. <laughs> I've gotta be honest. And the reason is, is because it's such an overly casual way to talk about God. God Almighty. We're talking about God, the God. Do you hold him highly in your heart? Do you revere him? What comes into your mind when you think about him? So God, what does it mean to call him God? He's our creator. He created everything in a breath, in an instant. He created it all. Everything you see, the entire world, it, the existence that we have, everything was created by him. In fact, your very ability to logic out right now, if you believe me, God created that. He created you, he created everything. To believe that we know that God is God, we know that he's creator. We also know that he's infinite. God is infinite. He has no beginning and no end, alpha and omega. He was here for the beginning of the world because he has no beginning. He will be here for the end because he has no end. It's a trick question if someone asks you where he came from or when he was created because he wasn't. <laughs> He's always been here. He has always been and he is greater and larger and more than you could ever imagine. This is God, he is infinite. King of kings, Lord of lords. He is our ultimate authority. So any authority figure you could ever think of, a president, a king, a dictator, a ruler, whether it was in the past, the present, the future, they are but a speck, if even that, to our God and his ultimate authority. This is our God, he is ultimately sovereign. This is God, king of kings, Lord of lords. And the last point I'll hit with that, He's also the sustainer of our life. Not only did he create your life, but he also holds it in his hand. If it were not for him, the very breath that you're breathing right now would not happen. The oxygen that goes through your blood and sustains all of your life function, those would not even happen if it were not for him holding them together. 
It is from him and to him and through him that all things exist and have their being. God is not only your creator, but he's your sustainer. This is God. Now, maybe you feel like I'm coming on a little strong. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that's a lot. But really, for us to have this level of reverence for God, it's really important. It impacts how we view him and also how we view his promises to us. If we don't believe that God is God, this God that I just described, we start to think he can't handle our problems. When we see God is really small, our problems start to feel really big. Starts to feel like he can't really handle it because he's just some guy. But he's not some guy, right? This is God we're talking about. But if we don't view him in this way, then we start to feel overwhelmed. We think about our personal problems, our, our anxieties, our fears, our family situations, our friends, whatever it may be, and we start to feel like it's too much, it's overwhelming, but that's when we forget about who our God actually is. And in scripture, Jesus, this is one of the last encouragements he has for his friends, his disciples, before he walks to get crucified. And he says to them, very encouraging, in this world you will have trouble. Great, (laughs) good. But hey, I appreciate God, Jesus, keeping it real. (laughs) Like, I don't have to tell you that you're gonna have trouble. Some of you have walked through some of the hardest seasons and you are still very young. Some of you have walked through such incredibly difficult times. You already know this to be true. You will have trouble in this world. But Jesus says to them, and he says to you, but take heart. But take heart. Why? I have overcome the world. Wow. If that's not God, that's crazy. (laughs) That's ridiculous. If that's not God... Say you're talking to somebody and you're telling them about your problems, you're talking about the world, you're like, man, this pandemic, this political unrest, this war, like all this stuff, and they come up to you and they're like, no, 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 you're good, don't worry about it, like I've overcome the world, you're good. You would be calling someone, like that's a crazy person, that, that's not reality. But it's not some guy saying this. It's God, it's Jesus, he's saying this to you. When we believe that God is God, that's the most encouraging thing you could ever hear, that he has overcome the world. Think about it. It's a past tense statement in the present about the future. That's insanity, but it's God. That's the only way that makes sense. He's infinite, like I said, he's actually outside of time. He's encouraging you from the future. He's saying to you, listen, I see it. I see the end and it's good. He says that he makes a way for us. And he says that in all ways, he's gonna make things work out for your good as a believer, as his child. He's saying that to you from the future. It's with certainty. But this is what faith is. It's believing that even when what we see doesn't match up. It's believing what he's saying to you even when the outcome and your perspective is saying otherwise. That's faith. It's to have a hope of something that is not yet seen. 
That is what it is to have faith in God. That is what it is to believe him and his promises for you. What does that look like in your life? As a student in this place right now, maybe it's just someone in your life that you trusted. They made a comment to you. They made fun of you. I don't know, like, and you were hurt. You felt betrayed. And it's just overwhelming. If I think God is small, then that's going to knock me out. Maybe it's something a little bit bigger than that. Maybe, you know, you failed. (laughs) Failed a test for me. Oh, my gosh. But maybe you didn't make the team. Maybe you didn't get into that college you really hoped to get into. You're facing these failures, these disappointments. It can feel like the end of the world if we don't understand that our God is bigger. And lastly, maybe even more seriously, maybe your situation at home is completely flipped upside down. Divorce, separation, a death unexpected. Now, it can really feel like that is actually the end of the world. But even that, God is greater. And even in that, he is with you and he is for you. And if we believe what we need to know about who God is, we can be encouraged even in those moments. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, if we believe that God is God, then we trust this. Regardless of what I think or what I see, I'm going to trust God over that. I'm going to take his word over my own word. That is what it means to have faith and to believe in him as our God. Now I'm going to land here. I'm going to wrap it up here, all right? This is a concept, honestly, it's very personal to me. It's something that I think God really showed me in the past couple of years of my life, and I'm happy to share it with you. Hopefully a long time before you would have otherwise heard it. Um, And I really just, I just want you to dial in, okay? When we don't believe that God is God, we start to apply the limitations of man, of humanity on God. Now, that might sound a little lofty. It's not, okay? Basically, what I'm saying is what ends up happening is experiences that you've had with people in your life, naturally, you will start to think that's the way that God is. Whether that's your parents, an authority figure in your life, your friends, we'll start to think that that's going to be how God is too. Or maybe it's your own limitations. You start to apply those to God when you forget who he is. So maybe you experience a lack of patience from people. They're like, you're too much. You need to back off a little bit. I can't handle what you're bringing. It's too much. I mean, even a a person, your, your youth leader, like they have a limited capacity, right? Like you can only hear so much, right? They're gonna love you. They're gonna do everything they can for you, but they have their limits. Everyone does, but not God. He has an infinite capacity to hear from you. You will never annoy him. You will never like be too much for him. You could bring everything in every moment, every thought, every doubt, 
every insecurity, every fear, every disbelief that you have, you can bring that to him and he can handle it. He is not some guy. Lack of love. Maybe that's what you feel like you experience. Maybe in your home, the word love is never even used. Nobody tells you that they love you. You don't get a hug. Like, I don't know what your situation is. Maybe someone's walked away from you. I don't love you anymore. That's not God. God is the embodiment of love. His love never fails. His love never ends. His love is perfect. He loves you. Regardless of what you've done, who you are, he loves you. And sometimes I think we feel like God just loves us out of obligation. Well, he created me, so he's kind of got to love me. But no, in scripture, it says that before you were formed in the womb, he knew you. He didn't love you because he created you. He created you because he loves you. Your very existence is a testament to how he loves you. His love is perfect. He is love. Maybe you feel a lack of compassion. You feel like people don't understand you. You've been in these situations, these life moments, and you're just like, people don't get you. They don't get it. That's not God. He has so much compassion for you. Just as God, he, he would know. He knows all. But he actually chose to become man. He humbled himself to a human existence. He understands. He knows what it's like to be a person, to be a human, fully God and fully man. He understands you. He has compassion for you. He gets you. Maybe no one else does. Maybe you feel very alone. God has compassion for you that never fails. This is the one that I struggle with, honestly. Feeling like a disappointment. Maybe people in your life, you're worried about disappointing them. For me, that's like, fail, that's like fear number one. Am I, am I disappointing my parents? Am I disappointing my pastors? Am I disappointing my friends? I, I'll struggle with this. I'll, I'll feel like I need to achieve more. I need to do more. There's something in me that's like, I don't want to be a disappointment. I'll feel like God's up there, crossed his arms, looking down like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you. You know better. But that's not God. He actually can't be disappointed he can't be disappointed in me because he doesn't actually need me. That might sound a little bit like, that's good, great. <laughs> but that's actually a relieving thing to know that God doesn't need me. There's no ulterior motive with him. He just loves me. He loves you. He chooses you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. This is our God. You can't disappoint him. And lastly... Maybe people in your life, they're just absent. Maybe someone literally left, they walked away. Or maybe they left without them wanting to. They were taken from you. And it can start to feel like maybe God will do the same thing. 
he'll just walk away, it'll be too much, he's gone, he's out. Or that he'll just mysteriously disappear. You'll feel like maybe he's gonna leave, he's a flight risk. It's not our God. Emmanuel, this is the name he gives us to remind us God is with you. And like I said, he's always been with you. You can think back to the worst, darkest moment of your life and he was with you there, embracing you, maybe weeping with you. He is with you in the pit, on the, on the top, like he's with you and he always will be. Just because you may feel alone, you are not alone. Our God is with you and this is who he is. So we must always be scanning our minds and our hearts for ways that we're not believing what is true about God. We must always be diligent. We've gotta go to the source material. We've gotta go to the scriptures. We've gotta learn his character and who he actually is. And we've gotta be aware when we're not believing the truth. This is my call to you. And listen, knowledge of God isn't actually the ultimate goal. You might think that. Wow, I really need to know him. I need to study up. That's a lot. I got tests. I got school. Knowledge is not the ultimate goal. Relationship with God is. Intimacy with God is. Really knowing him is. And I believe that the more you know about him, it it fixes your expectations of him that is gonna increase your ability to engage in a relationship with him. The more I know about him, it changes the way I see him and look for him in my life. Knowing him is just a way for us to love him more. Youth, it's really important that we really understand that God is God. When it comes to our salvation, when it comes to what he did on the cross, if he's just some guy, That was just a nice little gesture he made for us. But if that's God that died on the cross, then it's it's different. It changed everything. He paid for every sin that you have ever done and ever will do. And he's offering himself to you because he's not just God, but he is also good. He loves you, and this is his way of showing it. He died for you so that you could be in a relationship with him, so that you could be his son, his daughter, and that he could promise things to you and encourage you, and you could live a life of truth and not a life of compromise. Let's bow our heads. Maybe you're in this place tonight And everything I just said, you're just like, what the heck? (laughs) What just happened? Maybe you really didn't understand. Maybe you, you have an idea of God in your mind. But I pray that right now, he would be speaking to you and encouraging you and saying that he sees you because he does. And I hope that right now you would feel him. He is with you and he loves you. And he's offering salvation to you right now. So in this moment, we're going to pray for salvation. These are not magic words. These are simply a confession of our lips of something in our hearts. When we pray these words, we're saying to God, yes, 
I want this relationship with you. I want to be your son, your daughter. I want the salvation you have for me, God. So let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for all that you've done. I believe that you are God and I believe that you are good. I believe that you died on the cross and I believed you were raised back to life. I believe that you paid for my sin and conquered death. I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap for everyone who said that prayer for the first time. Hey, can we clap for Liana? What a word. Come on, let's really honor her. That is a unbelievably powerful and deep word. You stay with me for a sec. Stay with me for a sec. Um, I want, well, those principles that Liana just shared about the character and the nature of God, um, that's going to be a lifetime pursuit to know them. And it's a lifetime of reading your word and doing life with God. Like Liana said, it's about relationship with God, not just knowledge. And so I think that is an incredibly powerful word for you. And I think when you're reading scripture, you can ask yourself, hey, what does this say about God? What does it say about his character and his nature? But what an incredible word. Come on, let's clap for her one more time. Hey church, True North Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at seven o'clock. It's from seven to 8.30. And we really wanna cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a, a good week at school or a t- bad week at school, or they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into youth on a Wednesday night, they're gonna leave change, empowered and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at youth. Seven o'clock right here at our Molica Hill campus. We would love to see them out.